Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Real Estate Confidant School. I am your host, Michael Razor, here in New York City, and hopefully you're having an amazing day on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Today's episode is going to be on how to close your first real estate deal as a real estate agent, Um, ladies and gentlemen, how to close your first real estate deal as a real estate agent. Well, hopefully you guys have been watching my past podcast. Um, If you have the great, you have uh, kind of a blueprint in, in order to begin that process. Uh, as a real estate agent, getting your license, uh, getting sponsored by a real estate agency, um, doing the marketing that you need, getting your tools, which could be provided by the company you're sponsored by, uh, passing the exam, getting the license in the mail, um, preparation for clientele, attire, uh, going out, showing the real estate, um, the various laws with regard to showing real estate, um, specifics about the property as a whole and the workings of actually closing the deal itself. Um, and, um, in that you have the ending, which is the contract signing and the paperwork, uh, to transfer the deed into your name. There are also other options as well, real estate investment trusts that people could sign up for to begin building their portfolio Um, and other options like just becoming an investor, um, getting a, having a great credit and being able to be approved for a, uh, a Home Depot card or Uh, BJ's card or something to that effect that allows you to purchase bulk items uh, for the development of uh, real estate. That is another way. So you there are various ways. I also talk about building the business. So go back through a few of my um, podcasts and you'll be able to hear that. All right. How to close your first deal. So you've already gotten your license, right? You're already in the business. You're ready to go, right? So you 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 putting your ads out, you know, on Craigslist, Zillow, Trulia. You're, you're using a main central source that pushes those ads out. You're writing the ads uh, to attract the clientele the right way, utilizing keywords uh, that the real estate... Uh, agency you're sponsored with will give you. Um, and you're like, you're doing it. You got a mentor, you have friends now in the industry. Uh, they're showing you, you know, the ropes. Um, and now you're out, you, you, you get five calls and now it's time to do your thing. Okay. What do you do? Great. You first get the phone call. Or email. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. I am um, so and so. I'm interested in renting uh, this townhouse, sixteen thousand dollars a month, which is in New York City. 
is something that happens on a regular basis. Just to give you heads up, those of you in the smaller towns uh, will say that the rental is, I don't know, 3500 or shoot, 1200 You know, like I said before in the past, it all depends on your niche. Uh, if you don't have a niche, if you didn't put that together, you need to get the niche together. Niche being the specific property size, type, uh, square footage, etc., that you plan on renting or selling. Okay, so when I started out, I decided I'm going to focus on studios and one bedrooms in two areas. One in Harlem and one in uh, the Upper West Side. Okay, Upper West Side, excuse me, Upper West Side being in the 70s, West Side near school, university, etc., where the parents are paying for the rent, especially in a time where there's summer school. Uh, or their or school is about to be begin medical school uh, units that are near uh, especially for sales units that are near medical schools are great because uh, family members uh, who want their child to be in a great space who want to start building their equity etc they'll allow them to purchase a studio in that area for that time frame. So that's that's your studio. One bedrooms, usually for the single person, maybe a new newbie couple. And um, you know, so you get acclimated with the sale or the rental itself in the buildings that you focused on. Now, my suggestion is, and in my success, I focused on specific buildings. There any other building that I that I dealt with. Besides that, were I knew or have met the owners personally. Otherwise, they dealt. I dealt with either the management office or I dealt with the um, represented real estate uh, agency on that property. Now, when you're dealing with a represented real estate agency on that property that's contracted to work on that property to bring in clientele, they most of the time just sit in the office you bring the client you show the client or they'll come they'll go with you show you around or or, or just open the door for you you walk in with the client you show them the client you show them the space uh you know they say thank you etc etc if the client liked it then we move forward if not we move on to the next property Now, my suggestion is also to have a couple of arsenals in your belt, at least three properties in the same vicinity. You don't want to go too far out from one another, okay? Because it's going to take entirely too much time. Now, I made the mistake once of taking someone to the building on 73rd Street, excuse me, 72nd Street, and then taking them to a building uh, in Harlem, which was a, a brand new luxury building, um, that it was, it took entirely too long. Plus, they were coming from uh, Boston. So, the first place we went to was the one in Harlem. It was a studio loft style 
it was, I think over 900 something square feet. Um, it had the long kitchen, um, mahogany floors, real wood floors, bathroom, etc. Brand new. They wanted $2,000 a month for it, for that space in that, in that location. Um, the, this is the other thing you need to understand your market in terms of price point for per, uh, per unit. You need to understand why the price is the way that it is, whether it's because it's brand new, whether it's because it's the neighborhood, you're going to have different types of properties that some of which, you know, you, you feel is a slum. Now the, the, you know, it's your decision to make whether you are more uh, are ethically comfortable with renting an apartment that you know has roaches, mice, or what have you, you know, just to get a paycheck, or you decide you want to just focus on, um, you just want to focus on sales uh, in general. Excuse me, you just want to focus on the luxury properties in general. You could definitely do that. All right. If you can hear somebody in the background, I do apologize. They're talking really loud. So you're getting on an elevator. Um, but when you make that decision, like th- all of this is a part of the niche. All of this is a part of your niche in order to get you to that next, that next phase. Okay. This is imperative. Um, I'm telling you, because otherwise you're going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off, you know, now, um, and I, I had to learn that the hard way, but when I found the buildings that, that, that worked for me, this thing was like a snowball effect. Okay. And I have said that in the past and in snowball effect, I mean, I would show properties in the same building. And that day I would get three or four more calls from different people show proper. Then I would have to schedule the appointments for them while I'm showing the properties. And then it did, it happened again and again. And again, when I, when I tell you, you are going to need an assistant at that point, you are going to need an assistant. Some people, they want to save money. They don't really want to hire anybody. They just started making money. You know, I think that you'll lose clientele more if you don't have an assistant making these appointments for you, um, as opposed to you trying to do it yourself, sending emails or, and all of that craziness, right? So you want to go ahead, find your niche, find the, uh, the buildings that you're going to work on, get acclimated with the process, understand and, and, and get to know the property owners. Do your research on that property. You do your research on that property. You are going to find a client that you need and excuse me, the, um, the owner that you will click with. Um, and some, you won't, uh, some have put so much money into their property that they're real strict about the clients that they, uh, that they bring in. They want to see a whole portfolio on the person I'm talking about to the T. Management offices are a little easier 
uh, because it's it's an actual business that's running the property and they <clears throat> they just want you to fill out the application form, uh, you know, and they'll do the background check. You pass the background check um, and the credit check and all of that good stuff. Then that's basically it. You're basically in as long as you could show proof that you make uh, 40 times the rent. Uh, that's in New York. In New York, the re- legal requirement, you have to make 40 times uh, the rent per year in order to uh, even look at the property. You know, not look at it. You can look at it, but in order for you to actually get uh, get the rental. Um, so when you, once you have become um, acquainted with the the business owners the 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 the, uh and i I say business owners because the people that own these properties are business owners most of them own multiple properties and have a portfolio of real estate uh so these are businessmen and women that you're going to deal be dealing with and this is why i say it is very important for you to be presentable okay um if you don't want to be presentable don't do this I'm telling you right now, just don't do it. Don't waste your time. Um, And continue the conversation with the family that owns the property. When you first meet them, hey, how are you? I'm so-and-so, here's my business card. Hopefully we'll do business in the future. I have a client coming, we're gonna see it now. Do you have uh, other brokers working on this? Is this an open listing? Um, or do you have it contracted? Um, you know, like how are you marketing this property? Uh, and then they'll explain it to you and what have you. And then you'll find out their comfortability level in dealing with clients because some are not comfortable with dealing with agents because of past experiences. You want to assure to them that you are the one for the job, because if you are, then you have the, there's a possibility that you would become the exclusive uh, agent on that property. They won't call anybody else but you. Anytime somebody moves out, they call you. They want you, they want you, they want you. Which means you become a part of the family. So holidays come around. You go Valentine's Day, send the wife, send the husband a little something, some Belgian chocolates. Christmas comes around, send the kids a couple toys, uh, send the wife and the husband some Johnny Walker, you know, the expensive stuff. You send things that show that, hey, I'm still around, you know, that kind of thing, okay? The last thing you want to do is just float away like a feather in the wind. Because then they'll just go back to what they normally been doing. Oh, I thought maybe he wasn't the one. Or maybe she wasn't the one. Okay? The other thing is this. When dealing with some people, some agents, let's focus on the agents now. Some agents are cool and some agents just want their money. This is business. Don't take anything personal. I made that mistake too. I almost whooped somebody's tail. Okay? I don't want to, I'm not going to curse on this channel, but I almost whooped somebody's tail. It was an incident where there was, I had uh, um, a client, I took him to a property down in um, 
in Chelsea. And it was a four-bedroom. It was around, at the time, I think over 5000 a month. It was four, uh, four college students, NYU students. I was showing them around. I think it were two of them, but uh, the other, uh, other two were like at work or something like that. So we saw one property. And then I only took them to two. And the second property that they saw, they said, oh, we want this one. This is the one we want. But we have to reach back to our people um, at the at the job. And the guy that was showing the property was an agent. His main focus was getting the full 15 percent commission. That was his his his. That's what he was focused on. He did. He really didn't want to have any other agent working with him and having to split the commission. And that's another important thing. When you're dealing with other agents, unless the the building is paying for your commission, uh, you have to split the commission. Excuse me, paying for their commission or both of yours commission, you have to split the commission of 15% between the two. Commission is negotiable. 15% doesn't have to actually be the full amount. Uh, it's definitely negotiable. But this individual, he was gung-ho. And he uh, he didn't speak that much English. He was, uh, you know, from another, from a foreign land. Uh, and so his understand ethics and heritage and, and, and what have you, and mental thought is different amongst different people, different groups, different families. So that's why I said don't take it personally, okay? So what ended up happening was uh, the gentleman, <clears throat> we set up something where uh, they filled out the application. They said, we're going to come right back. We're going to be back at one with our friends and um you know, with our friends and, and the money and all of that stuff. So they left, came back. I was already gone. I received a phone call from, uh, from the client saying that, uh, he went back to the property and the property guy said that they already, uh, rented the property out. Literally, I, from what he said, it was like right after we left. They had somebody fill out the application and put the money down. Everything was already done. I don't blame the dude. If it was me, I'd probably do the same thing. But I called him on the phone and I flipped out. Uh, but he, and, and this is what I told him. I said, dude. I said, out of respect in the industry, respect for each agent, each broker, the people that you know work just as hard as you in order to rent or sell real estate, out of respect, you should have called me or sent me a text message at least saying, hey, we rented the places out. Do not uh, go, um, instead of going and calling my real estate, my client, and letting him know instead of letting me know, you know, or telling him or what have you, right? 
That's and that's the other thing. You're going to have backstabbing uh, uh, real estate agents and brokers who try to take your clientele. This is where you have to be a lion. You have to be a lioness. You have to be a gorilla. You have to be a shark. So the first thing you do, you know, you take them there, you show them, you know, the minute that you begin seeing a little shadiness, you step to the agent and you let them know, sir, ma'am. This is my exclusive client. They will not, excuse me, they will not be accepting. They will not be accepting any, uh, any cards from you, any applications. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll take those. And you know what? That's probably the better way to do it. Just if you see cards or whatever, you say, I'll take it. Thank you. And you move on. Because all they're trying to do is market themselves to the client that you brought to them. The last thing you want to do is lose your client because you allowed them to take a business card and you were trying to be nice. You understand? So, anyway. Next thing you have to do is once you you get a property... Uh, once the client says, oh, I like this, this is what I want, um, you fill out the paperwork, you do the negotiations um, with uh, the percentage rate of, uh, and what have you, and then you um, you take the check, make sure the check that you receive from the client is in the brokerage company's name, not your name, uh, and then you take that uh, check to... Uh, to the brokerage, which is your real estate agency, uh, and you give it to them and they'll go ahead and split that with you, whatever percentage rate you guys agreed upon, 50, 50, 50, you know, 70, 30, uh, it all depends. Okay. That's the rental part. Like that's the easier, easier side of things. But then what you want to also do uh, uh, and this is added on to what I was just talking about is you want to pay your taxes right after that. So you get the 50, 50 check, um, you know, it's $5,000, you get $2,500 of that. You then go to your tax preparer. You can go every three months, depends, uh, to go through your tax preparer and have them, Fill out whatever paperwork is required to take and let them know, let uh, let them tell you how much taxes needed to be take taken out of that check. Um, and then the rest of the money is yours and do what you what you like with it. Um, and for the most part, that's that's it. Uh, when you show properties, this is the other thing. Uh, and I've been in this situation as a as a renter. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll have a separate podcast on doing sales, but let's focus on the rentals right now. Um, cause that's a different meat and potatoes. Uh, but what'll happen is you'll go to, uh, some of the properties that have, uh, the, the agents showing them and there's a paper that you will sign that talks about uh, you are, you being the, uh, client's agent, um, this way, and it's exclusive. So it, it, it just gives it a stamp of 
This is the this is the agent that shows the property to the client. Uh, if the client comes back and decides they want to get the apartment and fill out the application, uh, you are entitled to the commission for that. Okay. So now the most important thing in that capacity is this, and I've been, I'll give you an example. There was an incident where I showed a property, a rental, it was $2,000, brand new building, right? Studio. Remember I deal in studios and one bedrooms, right? Uh, it was a couple of ladies uh, the property was for one of them. Their, their parents were going to be taking care of the rent or what have you. So they bring all the documentation. No, no, no. So what happened was I took them to the property. Mind you, I didn't see the property, which I don't normally do. Um, I saw it online, but normally I like going to the property first, going to look at it. But this was a Saturday and I said, let me, you know, let me, let me go now. So, um, it, and it was down a block from where I live. So I took the lady, we looked at the, we looked at the studio, all the studios were the same. So I only had to show one. Everything was brand new marble countertops, you know, great. 2000. Oh, I like it. I want it. Wow. Wow. All right. Great. Um, so I'm going to take the application. I'm going to fill it out. I'll bring it back, etc. Okay. Mind you, I already, when we first walked in the door, I filled out, uh, actually we saw two, we saw one bedroom and a studio. Uh, and I filled out the, um, agency form that that's and, and put her information. She signed it. I signed it. Um, and it, it basically showed the people at Douglas element, which was, and mind you, the person that was the lead broker in charge of the building, I knew from past experiences. And that, that's something that you guys will also see or have happen where you'll end up meeting the same agents over a period of time, especially if, you know, if that was, if this is their bread and butter, right? So, uh, I, I, you know, I introduced, I said, Hey, how you doing? This is so-and-so, whatever, fill out the paperwork. Um, he keeps the document and this is what ended up happening. About two days later, I was reaching out to the client. She wasn't answering the phone. I get a phone call from the gentleman who I was a colleague of mine who I knew he calls me and he says, Mike, listen, uh, the client you brought over, filled out, a app, filled out the application, brought it back, brought the money. Uh, you know, I was just wondering if you received your commission because, uh, it doesn't sound that way from what she's saying. Uh, and I told her that if you, you know, if you don't, uh, send the commission to them or give the commission to them that, um, that, you know, you're liable to be sued. Um, and I said, well, thank you. I'll, I'll give them a call. Uh, so I called her up again. She answers this time. And, um, I, I kind of go over the rules, the laws, the requirements 
of New York State. Uh, and she, the problem was, the quote unquote issue was, she was going out of town that weekend. She really needed the money, you know, and, you know, and, and, and I told her, I said, I'm, well, I apologize, but I already showed you the property and I'm, I'm due, you know, for that commission. And it was a commission that we agreed upon. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't that much anyway. It was like $2,000. Um, so she, she went ahead and gave it to me. I actually think it was more than 2000. I think I settled for 2000, but it was, it was more than that. Uh, but this is where the negotiation comes in guys. If you feel you need the the full 15%, then by all means, especially if a situation like that happens to you. But if you feel like you want to negotiate, it makes it easier, that kind of thing, then do what you have to do. Um, you know, really do what you have to do. It, there may be se several situations that come up where, you know, people really don't understand a real estate agent and a client's uh, relationship and how important it is to have an agent on your side. A lot of people have the mentality that, oh, this person didn't do anything. Why am I paying him this much money? You know, it's, it's called value, right? They don't see you as valuable as you see yourself. They don't see behind the, the, the walls, behind the doors. They don't see the hard work that you've put into with getting a client, having conversations with buildings, having conversations <clears throat> with building managers, uh, property owners, uh, and, and, and developing that rapport with them to the point where all they, all you have to do is bring someone, they know you, they know your ethics, they know you're going to bring someone of top quality and, uh, close a deal that quick. Um, and this is why we always tell the people, Hey, look, if you like this property, put in the application. Now, if you wait, then it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone really quick, probably in the next two, three days, a day. And it's happened 98% of the time, you know. But I think it's important to just be clear, to clarify the reason why you're saying that, okay? Uh, some agents, they just say, oh, well, it's going to be gone by the end of the day. I'm just, you know, to and, and to the average person, that sounds like you're trying to pitch them into just getting your money, getting their money. And that's not what we're trying to do here. We are trying to get paid. Don't get me wrong, but we're not trying to put that image, that marketing, that type of marketing out there. That's not what we're doing. And that's not the reason why we do what we do. Okay? So... Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you guys have received some knowledge today. If you got, if you have questions, I can answer them. Um, send an email at info at the real estate school.com. That's I N F O at the real estate T H E R E A L E S T A T E confidant school. Dot com. You could also go to the website, the real estate confidant school.com. 
um, and look around. Uh, also contact us if you like. We have one-on-ones. Uh, we're working currently working on the two-hour. Excuse me, the um, uh, the two-year renewal um, classes that are required in order for you to keep your license uh, up to date, and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, that's it guys. Hopefully you guys have an amazing day and I'll be talking to you soon.